that's one of the reasons why I do my podcast is because I would like to condense that information down and kind of expose people to these ideas and theories and concepts that most people don't have the time to do themselves. Well, nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Thank you. So very do you much. have like a, yeah, thanks for having me on. Do you have like a specific outline you want to do or kind of just whatever we get into? Um, I, I don't, I'm not really having any, I like to just, you know, as, as we, we just meet somewhere in a cafe, for example, which I always say, um, okay. how we would, how we would go from there. But, um, I was consuming your contents pretty much all day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what did you get into? Well, obviously, I went for your uh, COVID uh, parts episodes, um, and, but I had another uh, record today as well, so I had a, like a couple of hours break. But I tried to really get into as well because obviously, when the lockdown started, you know, watching the news and trying to search and read more and more, which. I already mentioned in an email, a little bit scared me at one point. So I was like, <laughs> I stop, I stop reading about things because it's, it's sometimes it just, it just doesn't help. Yep. But, yep. but then I, I read your post uh, on Reddit and I was like, you know what? The whole reason as well, I started this podcast, uh, this series in, in, in lockdown um, is about this as well. Like, what is going behind the scenes and yeah yes in your podcast you always say that's your own opinion that's your opinion it's not like it <laughs> it's not like but you're trying to like do a disclaimer that it's not a hundred percent fact but yeah. if you look into those details pretty much they are so yeah yeah i try to stick with things that are mostly proven at least and so that's a lot easier if I go like modern history, like 10 years ago, and you've got you know, declassified documents that kind of show this is exactly what happened. But yeah, doing current event stuff, it's really hard because nothing's proven. So you never know for sure. But there's a lot of evidence and all the little pieces line up. So I try to stick with that narrative that I can back up logically and with facts. So even if it's not 100%, there's a very good chance that that's the way things are. Yeah, well, and, and you, you, you mentioned so many times that the patterns are there through the history. Yes. So, I, <laughs> so just, you know, you have to look out for that. Yes, yeah, definitely. And it's not stuff that you really see on the news. You either get the total conspiracy theory side that the virus is made up and everybody's, you know, needs to go on about their business and it's nothing. Or you get the other side where if you step outside, you're killing grandma and it's, you know, the end of the world. And so the reality is that it's somewhere in between there and it's really hard to, yeah, battle all that information. A lot of the data is really bad. And so it's hard to find good data itself. But even when you do, it's, you're concentrating so much on that stuff and our lives are interrupted and everything's kind of crazy right now and it's weird and all this stuff that you kind of lose track of more of the larger politics and the macro like sociological issues that are going on and changes happening in society and the people yeah. in the backgrounds that's kind of it it's almost feels irrelevant when our lives are being turned upside down and people are dying and it's a serious deal um so it's really hard to kind of 
I guess balance all those different things at the same time, hard or impossible, but I do what I can. <laughs> well, definitely. It's, it's not just about these uh, three episodes you've done, like as a special uh, episodes or series or how you call it. Um, in the whole, the whole, your whole podcast and your, your biography as well, it says you have a lot of knowledge and the amount of work you you must have put it in research is it must be like i don't know like you even you made me feel like i'm doing like you know <laughs> what i'm doing is just you know i'm just talking to people and and yes i i'm reading through some you know like who is the person is really and what they're doing but actually it's not much work i do with it and i feel <laughs> like i have to i have to find another topic or something to actually feel like um so useful in a sense but now it's huge amount of work you, you must have done already yeah it's it's a lot of research but it's stuff that i've been interested in and so that really works out it's stuff that i want to learn about myself i have time to listen to stuff while i'm at work and so i can do hours of research every single day during the week and consume stuff that i'm interested in really educate myself and and then i can just even though it's a lot of research and a lot of work from that perspective most of it is while i'm at work doing my job and getting paid so it's really nice i'm not doing hours of work at home you know over my computer desk i'm kind of just listening to stuff all day long and so that part of it makes it a lot easier because i can get hours of research done every week but i'm not having to spend a lot of my personal time so that's an advantage that i have that most people don't and that's one of the reasons why i do my podcast is because i would like to condense that information down and kind of expose people to these ideas and theories and concepts that most people don't have the time to do themselves. And so if someone doesn't have, you know, five hours a day to research things, and if you did, why would you? That's, you know, a little ridiculous. But I can give an hour-long podcast a week that can condense all that information down and try to get the really important stuff and try to explain it in a way that everybody can understand it. But at the same time, it's good information, it's detailed, it's stuff that even if you know the basics, you will still get stuff out of it. And that's kind of my goal, at least. Well, it's, I think it's very nice because you, for one, it's kind of a lucky part for you that you can do something for yourself while you're doing work. And as you said, there's not many people out there can do that. And the second yeah. that you, you're giving out value to, to people because, um, as I said, for now, I just listened to your your COVID-19 episodes and there is a lot of, and I'm not saying a lot, everything was new because I do read or listen or watch a couple of things during the years, as you mentioned a few times, 9-11 uh, as well. Um, yeah. And But um, there are a few things I try to like write down as well to make sure we're going through what is actually... I could see a lot uh, on Instagram because I'm mostly on Instagram myself. Um, but the things are there also went through like weeks ago. Now again, is something else taking the the mainstream, as we all know what's happening. Um, but like, 
I don't even know, like there's so many things about, you know, that you mentioned a lot about the vaccines, the this ID card, uh, the 5G. And I was like, I just got a new phone with the 5G and the people like throw it away, straight <laughs> away. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening now? I'm so confused. Uh, <laughs> like, but things like that. Um, and it's, it's, it's for me as well, scary and um i just don't know like what is true but again i'm not doing the research to see what's the the percentage of this but i, I always say i believe everything can happen because i already know that what people can do for money and power so yeah yeah it's hard because on one hand when i was first looking into this and the pandemic first hit you had doom and gloom on all the mainstream media and governments were cracking down. World Health Organization said that it was like a three and a half to four percent fatality rate, which is crazy. That's huge. And that's a really big deal. And you saw pictures of people in China, like bodies in the streets and just crazy stuff. And so that I have a wife that has uh, severe asthma. And then we also have a six month old and he's actually been sick prior to this a few months ago and had to go to the ER for breathing issues. So a respiratory virus is kind of a big deal for them. And so even if I would be perfectly fine, more than likely, they might have issues. And so especially at first, I was concerned about that. We were being very conservative. We were staying home, doing the isolation stuff, being very careful. Um, but especially in the past week or two, it seems like a lot of the data that I was seeing from the beginning from like alternative media sources which are from people that i trust and they are very well researched but it is still alternative media which is very different than like the cdc coming out with something and so um since i was being more conservative about it and we have uh personal considerations here i was still suspect of what i was hearing that oh this really isn't as big of a deal as they say it's governments and people in power using it as an excuse. And I mentioned that in my COVID episodes that, that governments and people in power are using this as an excuse. And they're gonna do that whether it's totally made up or whether it's just the flu or worse or whether it's you know the worst virus ever to hit humankind. Either way, people in power are gonna use it as an excuse to get more power. That's kind of just what they do. Um, and so I've been more encouraged over the past few weeks. The, the CDC here in the States uh, just announced that they've revised their data. And in their uh, best case scenario, they're estimating that the fatality rate is 0.02%. And their most likely scenario is that it's 0.05%. And um, their highest scenario, like worst case, they say it's 0.5% fatality rate of at least of people um, under the age of 50. And so that's the bracket I am in. And so if regardless of conditions or health or scenarios, if it's you know a 0.05% chance that this would be serious, that's not a very big chance. It, it might be double the flu, but it's still only 0.05% chance. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm seeing numbers like that coming out of official sources like the CDC, um, that makes me feel a little better. We've also, at least in my county, we recently opened back up. And so a lot of places are open now. They still have, you know, social distancing and different policies like that. Um, but 
with the numbers in my local county, they kind of did spike right away. We were getting a single digit number of new cases every day. And then it rose to about 80 to 90 cases a day that were new confirmed cases. And so it seemed like a big spike, but there wasn't um, a whole lot beyond that. It like spiked up to those numbers and then just stayed steady. And it doesn't seem like there's anything major going on. And it seems that with flu season being over, the weather's heating up, uh, new data is saying it's not as bad as they were expecting. You had like a Germany did a study in one of their departments and uh, didn't release the documents, but then they got leaked. Um, this was like a week ago. And in the leaked documents, they say that it's not really as big of a deal as the world is making it out to be and that it's a bit of an overreaction. And um, they also said, I think the quote was that it's not beyond the normal range for a virus was their wording. Um, and so there are government official sources around the world that are saying, hey, it's not as big of a deal. But at the same time, you have other places where, I mean, you had like Italy and Spain, they were massively hit. You've got New York City in the States where it's massively hit. And so again, it's this balance of, it's perfectly understandable to do drastic measures in a very congested, crowded area or in a nursing home. They're getting hit really hard. That makes sense. But uh, like rural uh, Tennessee is where I live in the States. And, you know, it, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to a total lockdown somewhere where, you know, the hospitals are completely empty and it's not really hitting all that hard. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's just interesting. It's how do you balance all that data when, you know, one government is saying that, you know, it's the worst thing in the world that's ever hit. And another government is saying that it's all blown out of proportion. It's no big deal. And then others are saying it's kind of a minor deal. And it's just hard to figure out because even the official data is not very accurate and you're getting different reports from all sides. So it's just, it's tough, I think. Yes, it is. And I did not really went into it. And after a while I was like, I, I'm not going to watch anything, any news whatsoever. It just stay away as much as possible from like, you know, all the pub from the public. Um, but yeah, Italy and, and Spain and even France as well got yeah. a lot and then after a while I, I also as i said i wasn't listening to what's happening in uk and maybe i'm going to be attacked by it just because i live here doesn't mean i want to know really like all the negativity is just like it's just sad that yeah. uh, nearly thousands of people died a day for like two three weeks or something like that or i don't even know how was the peak really because i was like i can't really take that much and I can't even imagine. I was like, how on earth can die that many people a day in one country, but there is other three, four there, but it's so bad. Like, I mean, how? And yeah. obviously these, these questions are just like not expecting any answers in general. It's just, <laughs> it's just so unbelievable. Well, one of the, the interesting things about Italy in particular, I was hearing reports about that as it was going on maybe a month ago or so, as it was kind of really bad before things, I guess, kind of tapered off. And I think they're a little more stable now, at least. Um, but uh, the numbers that were coming out in the first, like after a month of this pandemic hitting them, uh, were that I think it was somewhere around like 80% of the people were over the age of 70 something years old. And um, out of those, like 90% of them had multiple comorbidities, multiple underlying conditions that added to it. 
And so I, I think a lot of times it's more uh, demographics and health. And so if you get hit in an area that has older demographics and unhealthier people with lower immune systems, it's going to get hit really hard. And we've seen that in the States, the main place is nursing homes. They've been hit really hard. Um, but we also see countries in general that have older populations and um, that are more condensed and more packed in. This virus does spread a lot easier too. And so it, it is hitting certain places really hard, other places not as much. But it is, I'm with you, it's really weird because you look at somewhere like Japan, legally their government is not allowed to shut down businesses. It's in their post-war constitution, they're not allowed to do it. So they couldn't do forced shutdowns if they wanted to. Um, Vietnam didn't do any forced shutdowns and largely remained open. I, I did an interview with the guy that was living in Vietnam like a month after this started. And so it was interesting hearing him. He said some shops shut down, some were making you like wait behind a certain line and then doing your business. Um, but he said in general, things are kind of normal. Um, and so you hear reports of countries like that that didn't do drastic measures. People were citing Sweden as one, um, but in Sweden, the government just gave recommendations, but uh, the Swedish people seem to be very fond of listening to their government and basically did everything the government asked them to do. And so even though it wasn't a forced shutdown, they pretty much followed all the same measures. Um, and so I don't know what all that means. I just wouldn't use that as an example of, hey, they didn't shut down, look what happened to them. Um, but there are others like Japan and Vietnam are ones I know for sure. Um, I've listened to people that live there. So I have kind of firsthand knowledge at least of what it was like. Um, and it seems like their numbers and what played out there was not worse or was much better than places that had major shutdowns. And those are highly populated areas with big cities. And so it, it's just really hard because yeah, it's like you have these two totally different scenarios playing out, but it's with the same virus at the same time. And it's like how, uh, I, I still don't understand it. It, it. Some of it seems a little fishy. Some of it seems like crappy data. Some of it just seems like, you know, maybe it's just something like mm -hmm. demographics or, you know, there may, I'm sure there are explanations, but yeah, it's hard to figure out what's really going on. Well, um, in my, my opinion, as well, as you said, it's demographic as well as if you see Italy, Spain, I think also it's a lot of elderly there and probably they are not healthy. If you look Japan yeah. or Asia as well, they are, they are like lots and lots of people, like a population is big there. But I think like they are anyway, like famous of their medicine they held how they lived, the type of food they eat. Yes, I know where the virus came from. That's actually like, you know, because of the wet markets and things like that. But in, in general as well, they, they eat differently than we do. Yeah, that is true. They yeah, eat talking much, about that. Much, yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. In the States, I know they're talking a lot about like minority populations and same in other countries. Um, in the States, it's generally black people. And um, there are a lot higher rates of poverty in black populations and especially um, in big cities and places like that. And so, yeah, in my opinion, you have something like that issue. It's a socioeconomic issue where uh, usually when you have groups of poor people, they usually have a lot lower health. And there's kind of a direct correlation between um, the amount of money you have and the health of a group of people, at least. Um, but also another interesting thing, I was talking with a 
pharmacist, I believe she was, uh, just like two days ago. And she was talking about how uh, the darker your skin is, the less efficient your body is at absorbing vitamin D from the sun. And so it does appear, all of the um, stats and tests that I have seen and studies have shown that vitamin D levels are very important to fighting off the virus. And so if you have somebody that has darker skin and they can't absorb as much vitamin D, uh, this person I talked to said almost every single black person that came into their office always tests very low on vitamin D levels. It's just the way it is. It's Their skin just doesn't absorb things the same way because it's darker. And um, and so that can play an issue too, which is kind of hard to talk about because as soon as you start, start talking about um, someone's race and relating that to you know them being more uh, at risk or something like that, then all of a sudden you get into either eugenics on one side or racism on the other, and neither one of those are very good. Um, but those are real issues. So even if you can't talk about that in the politically correct mainstream media, it's true. And so those are things that have to be considered as well. But it seems like narratives like that, since it's a politically touchy subject, they those aspects get thrown out. And instead, it's a focus on racism. And uh, we see that playing out right now all over the world, yeah. but especially in the States with the protests and stuff. And, and again, it wasn't, at least in my opinion. So when I first saw the George Floyd video, it was on Twitter and I saw it pop up. I watched the first few seconds. Then I was like, I know what's happening. I really don't want to watch this. And I didn't. But to me, it, it didn't like spark anything to me because I had seen videos similar to that at least a dozen over the past six months where it's a cop that ends up killing somebody. And by my definition, it would be murder. And uh, usually it's no-knock raids where they'll bust into a house and the homeowner thinks they're being broken into usually and tries to defend themselves. Cops shoot them and they're dead. Um, sometimes it ends up being that it was the wrong house. And uh, just really bad situations. But that has happened many times. A lot of the people I follow on Twitter I've got a Twitter account for my podcast. I'd never done it before. And um, so I follow people that kind of are in line with the types of things that I cover, especially on the alternative side. And a lot of them are very against the state and very against the police uh, in particular. And so um, I'm always seeing those. And I've seen so many of those that I saw this one and I was like, oh, you know, it happened again. Like, what a shock. And uh, the issue here to me is that it's an issue of power. It's the power of the state. It's the power of the police and abuse of that power. And that's what's happening. That's the problem. It's happening over and over again with white people, black people, Hispanic people. A race doesn't really seem to be a big factor in this. Um, mm -hmm. However, this one video and this one case blew up into this giant protest worldwide. And it's this huge deal. And everybody is focusing on racism and pretty much nobody is focusing on abuse of power and power issues. The only power issues is, oh, let's abolish the police department. Well, then what are you gonna have? The military. Uh, don't you not want you know, martial law in your city? Like, I, I doubt you'd be on board with that. And usually um, for us, it's more the left side politically, the um, what we would call liberals or progressive groups um, that are pushing for this. But at the same time, those are the same uh, political movements that call for no one having guns and only the police should have guns citizens shouldn't have guns well if you say only the police should have guns but you also say the police can't be trusted with guns it, it just it logically breaks down 
And unfortunately, those types of conversations don't seem to be happening. And instead, it's just, uh, let's focus on racism and how bad it is and destroy everything. And it's just not productive at all. I see. No, it's, it's not. I mean, I don't want to get involved in this. I, I didn't really on any social media. I wasn't sharing my opinion. For one, I can't really have opinion about this, really, racism or what, because obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's, as you say, it's power of abuse and it's happened before and it will. And I know, like, as you said, it blew out now this, with this video and hopefully something going to change, maybe, but maybe just for a bit. And, but the thing is, I understand anger and hurt. Um, oh, something came up here. Okay. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I don't know, they still forget about what other things can come up now. The virus is still out there, even yeah. if it's real or not, of course, like, <laughs> you know, but let's just say it is. And I've seen the videos, how many people gather around to protest? Um, I mean, yeah. I, I know there are already the numbers you said, uh, we are all healthy and, and everything like, uh, I've been sick as well. Obviously, I wasn't tested, so I don't know if it was that or not, but it was a self-isolation with my family. And me and my partner, we both had some, some symptoms. Uh, uh, the baby wasn't, so it's fine. But That's good. I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt like sick for a few days, like really like I didn't feel okay. But even if it was that or wasn't, uh, it could be something else. But... I mean, people are going out and doing this whole thing. I mean, I'm sure there would be other other way to do it. I don't know. I don't know how you can protest the right way, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I, there's still still so. I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure how to feel about it, and I don't really want yeah. to say much because then I'm going to be like the worst person ever, and <laughs> just because I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. They're all touchy subjects. You don't want to uh, minimize the virus because then you get looked on as someone that doesn't care and doesn't care about old people or sick people, uh, which, you know, hopefully is not true of either one of us. Um, but it's the same thing with racism. If you start talking about that, you know, well, how are you qualified to talk about racism? And, you know, like you said, you know, in a lot of ways, we're not. Um, so I don't focus on that a lot either. Um, but yeah, it's hard because these things are happening. And it's hard to figure out what is really happening. You hear a lot of narratives. You hear a lot of different information, a lot of different numbers. And to me, what I've been focusing on is more of the political and economic issues. And that was something I was already focusing on was political and economic shifts that are kind of occurring in society today and doing the history of that and assessing that right now. And so I was already focused on that. And then when I start seeing these things actually play out because of this, you know, huge pandemic that hits, it, it's, I, again, I hate to say this, that it's interesting, but it is, it's interesting. Um, it I is, still do it care is. that it's horrible that people are dying, but uh, I can also be interested in the political ramifications at the same time as feeling bad about, you know, the negative aspects of what's hitting. Um, but yeah, to me, the biggest issue in all these, it's, it's power. It's power that's shifting. It's power that's being applied differently. 
Uh, people are viewing governments and the states in different ways. They're viewing uh, big worldwide organizations in different ways. People like the World Health Organization has taken a prominent role in this. Uh, the Gates Foundation has been a very big player. And um, it, it's just, it's, things are changing. And the way people are viewing these positions of power and organizations are changing as well. People are focusing more on experts now than on their politicians. Politicians are getting criticized a lot. And the experts are actually given a lot of passes. You had like, um, there was a study done by the Imperial College of London. And that was the first one. And based on that, that's why like the UK and America did major lockdowns were was because of the um, statistics that that study particularly was saying that there would be so many deaths and it was such a big deal. You have to lock down completely. Um, and then it turned out that those numbers got revised. They basically got cut in half and then they got revised down again. And so to me, if you're saying that a million people are going to die and then you end up revising that all the way down to like 200,000, that's still a bad thing. Yes. But um, the experts don't seem to be questioned as much. It's more, oh, well, they had bad data or, oh, they were just guessing anyway. But if a politician made a, you know, a mistake like that, you know, they're getting dragged through the coals. And this is happening with Trump. It's happened with Boris Johnson. It's happened with, you know, politicians all over. And, um, and yeah, you definitely see that people are more, uh, I guess they show more respect right now and have more trust in the experts and organizations of the experts than they do in politicians and governments. And so it's, it's really interesting to see how those shifts are taking place. And it's happening at that kind of breakneck speed right now because of this pandemic that hit all of a sudden things are just going and changing, you know, right away so quickly. And it's just, it's strange how it's all playing out. Yeah. But the, how I see it, like the governments, the politicians are just puppets. They are just there as, as a, as a, the acting stars and, and the experts is they're, they're being paid by the organization and the big, the big 1% of yeah. how they want to, the things be ruled out. And, and it's just, I mean, just because I see the study, not necessarily have to believe everything, but as I said, because I'm going to come out with another one, another one. And it's, it's going to turn out it's not as a, as a big, well, it's a big deal. But yeah. like for me, it's, it's, a, it's a silly thing, but all, all my life, I had to go to the doctor. I actually never wanted to be until I really had to. I always said, I don't believe them. They just want to <laughs> give me some pill instead of trying to figure out what is the problem. They're just trying to yeah. numb my, my, my pain. And that's it. I don't believe them. They want to do anything because they've been paid by the... By the oh, I, I forgot English right now. Um, They're the big pharmaceutical company. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's <laughs> the word I was looking for. Um, but yeah, so I, I never really... I, I try not to take any painkiller whatsoever. It's just only when I really need to. Because these kind of, like, I don't want to support things that I really don't believe in. And this is how, yeah. it's, it's it making me angry a little bit. <laughs> well, like, um, we could change gears to something a little more positive. <laughs> um, so, like, along those lines, basically what you spend money on and what you buy and what you do with your life does show your support or takes away your support from any given thing. 
And so you've got uh, that idea applied to these different areas. So if you apply it to government, the reason governments have power is because the people give them that power. And if people didn't support their governments and didn't give them that authority and just said no in mass, government's gone. Like there, there's nothing they can do to force um, subservience of the people unless they just start murdering people in the streets in mass. And <laughs> that's not going to happen. And they're not going to look very good once they start that. And then they're definitely getting out of there. Um, so yeah, it's you give support to certain things based on how you live your life. And money is a really good thing. And I think money has a lot more power than voting, definitely. Um, where you spend your money, uh, that money then gets used to further whatever thing it is that that company or corporation is doing. And so if you're spending money that goes to big pharmaceutical companies, um, that will fund those pharmaceutical companies. That's the way it works. And not only that, but you are giving your support of that system where you have pharmaceutical companies that are involved with um, the universities that are teaching doctors and training them on what they should do when they become real doctors. And <laughs> they're also paying real doctors and hospitals to prescribe certain things and giving them kickbacks and things like this. And they're getting subsidized by the state. And then they have lobbyists usually that are helping write regulation that regulates their industry. And it, it's all totally corrupt. But you end up giving that support when you use your money with those types of people and in that system. So uh, I'm with you that my goal would be to live in such a way that I am not supporting these corrupt organizations and systems. I, I do not support them definitely, but I also don't want to support them financially. I don't want to support them by acting like they deserve my respect. Um, I, I've had a really hard time. Uh, the military is a really big one for me because war, in my opinion, is it's a racket and it is one of the biggest travesties in modern time. And almost every single modern war, at least that, the, that America has been involved in, I haven't done research on other countries, but um, in America, at least, almost every modern war we've been involved with has been started off of lies. We have gotten in because someone lied about an event or something being the case. It wasn't, but they lied about it and got us into war, and then hundreds of thousands of people die. That's horrible. That's human sacrifice. But at the same time, those soldiers are fighting for their lives and the lives of the people beside them and the freedoms of their families and all these you know noble qualities even though in reality they're not and that's the problem is that the system is such that in modern wars there are political um there's just it's all political it's it's all about gaining power gaining territory gaining control by politicians and bureaucrats and the soldiers are the ones dying for it they think they're dying for the freedom of their country and for their fellow man but in reality, they're actually supporting this corrupt system by being involved with it. And so uh, that's one example where it's really hard because uh, I don't want to minimize the sacrifice of military personnel. They do very brave things and very heroic things. At the same time, the system is totally corrupt and is all about human sacrifice, which is evil. And I do not support that at all. So it's really hard to uh, kind of toe that line in normal society where you know you don't look very good if you say something bad about the military and soldiers because you know they're the heroes and you should respect them and be in awe of them and it's like well yes but there's this other side as well 
Um, and so there's some mainstream things like that or like government in general. If you go out and tell people that you don't support government as a whole and that uh, you believe in anarchism of some degree, then people think you're crazy and that you're voting for like rioting in the streets and that's what you want. And it's like, well, no, I just might not believe that some people should rule over other people. That doesn't go well. Hmm. And, uh, but that's not a respectable thought. And so it, it's hard. Uh, to me, it's all about finding ways of living in such a way that you are not supporting these types of systems, but also doing it in such a way, at least for me, where I am still following the laws of my local country and state. And uh, so it's, it's, it's another balancing act where um, there are these gray areas of, uh, let's say something like growing food. I can grow my own food. Uh, we have a lot of gardens um, at my house. We've got two acres. So it's a decent size bit of land, not huge, but decent size. And we grow a lot of our own food. We try to, we've tried to do that more and more. And that's a way that I can save money, which is good for me. I can also make sure I'm eating food that doesn't have pesticides on it. It's not GMO. Um, it's not unhealthy in those ways. So I'm not supporting big agriculture, which is you know, also another corrupt system. Um, and <laughs> I'm not spending money in the store, which means I am not giving tax money to the government that I don't agree with as well. And so by doing things on my own or... We've got someone we buy our beef from, ground beef from, and he has a farm about an hour away and he has cows and processes them and sells the beef and we buy from him. Well, when I do that, I don't know, but I would guess he's probably not reporting all the income for tax purposes. <laughs> um, most people, like you go to a yard sale or garage sale or something like that, like you buy something for 10 yeah. bucks cash. You know, you're not going to write that down on your taxes. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you should so, though, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically you should. But um, but if I do that, there there is a much greater chance that I am not contributing to a system that I believe is corrupt and inefficient to the state. Um, and so there's a lot of ways like that that um, the idea would be agorism. There was a, a book uh, written by Samuel Edward Conkin the Third. He had a very Okay. Uh, grand name, um, <laughs> but uh, he wrote a book on agorism and co coined that term, and it's based on the, the Greek word agora, which was the marketplace where people would go, they would buy and sell things, but they would also talk and they would conversate and meet up. And so um, he turned this, he coined this term agorism, where it's all about operating outside of the system. And so you are buying things, selling things, you're making things, you're doing things in a way that is totally unreliant on big corporations and on governments. And uh, that's a concept that I've really latched onto over the past few years where I can do that in ways that I'm not, I'm not breaking the law, I am definitely not hurting anybody, and I'm not supporting these things that I don't agree with. And so like um, it, one of the things I've done during this quarantine time with COVID-19 is I've put in more gardens, I've planted more berry bushes and fruit trees and all kinds of stuff. And I've planted around 300 plants in the past two months. So it's, it's been a lot of um, putting in a lot of stuff that's gonna produce for me and help me operate outside of the system. And I like that because it's not that I'm like uh, growing drugs in my backyard and selling them <laughs> on the street and you know, hoping the cops don't bust me. Um, I'm just growing vegetables and fruit. It's not that big of a deal. But I can do that in a way that 
I control the health of my food. I control um, how my money is spent and I control all of these things. That's something that I want. If I believe that um, that big agriculture companies, you know, the Monsantos of the world are number one corrupt, but number two, basically poisoning people, um, I don't have to support that. And there are ways of doing that. I, I may not be able to do that 100%, definitely not right now, but I can work towards that and do that in ways that I can. And it's the same, you mentioned, like not wanting to support the pharmaceutical industry. Um, well, there are plenty of natural things, uh, such as I think in Europe, it's much more common. It's kind of a hip thing now to take elderberry syrup when you get sick. Um, that's a fairly natural thing anybody can do, not that big of a deal. And it's a good treatment for getting a minor cold and it helps your immune system and it can be good for you. Um, there's lots of things like that, like taking supplements to boost your immune system and then you don't get sick as much, which means you don't go to the doctor as much, which means you don't get prescriptions as much. Um, lots of things like that are things that, that we can do that, uh, number one, are good for us in general. They help us save money or you know, improve our health. But number two, we're not supporting these systems we don't agree with. And so uh, I've been trying to focus on some of those things with, I had about two months of downtime uh, with the shutdown and everything. And that's what I've really been focusing on at my house with my family, trying to get us more self-sufficient and uh, separate from the big systems that I don't agree with as much. And that way, my support goes to things that I agree with and that I want to support and I can withdraw support. So actually have a negative impact on these systems that I don't believe in. And if that happened in mass, then a lot of these systems wouldn't be able to exist. And so uh, that's, that's one of the big messages that, that I would like to get across a lot of times and that I'm implementing myself because that's a way of having like a nonviolent revolution. I mean, no one's yep. getting hurt. Everybody is better off by this. Um, except maybe a corporate executive that's losing some money, but I, I'm sure he'll make it somewhere else. I'm not worried about him. Um, yeah. So that's something that I'm really trying to focus on and do. That's that's one of the positive sides of the quarantine and the shutdowns and all that. I've been able to implement that myself, and it's been really nice. Yeah, like um, that that book. I I I, w I heard that you already mentioned in your your podcast as well. But that was so many, so many information there. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I, I really, I, I was like, oh, I need to give some, um, some break for myself uh, before actually we, we sit down. But I was like, no, that's good. And for me, it's harder to do things like that because I'm renting the house. So that if, if I do the garden, you know, but if I need to move or something, which is just like, oh, it wasn't like this or whatever, you know, that, you know how they can be, but, um, yeah. it's, that book is very interesting and I'm going to find it and I'm going to ask you as well to please uh, write it down for me. I want to, I want to look into it and, and, and yeah, it's, uh, it's not, that's my, actually, this is my big success dream when I have my own little farm uh, middle of nowhere but still like you know possible uh, you know driving distance uh, from from bigger cities or or towns or whatever but that's that's how i want just to have my own electricity um to 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 really like be on my on my own out there with my family and and just live our lives free i don't even want to work really like i mean i mean 
uh, the money I don't care about. I know it's actually, yeah. you can't live without money, but some ways we, we're going to find our way that I, I hope one day this, we're going to go back where the money doesn't exist again, but I guess there's going to be something else what we need to yeah. fight for. So <laughs> that's just, yeah. that's, that's a really big, big dream. We're actually never going to come true, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, there's so many things written down here and I don't even know, but we covered, we covered already a few anyway. Uh, even more that uh, I want to, I didn't even want to bring up really what is happening right now, but it's, it's part of it because we are losing the, the sight of the virus or what that, that you're saying, you don't want to use the word interesting. Yeah. But, but it is because I know it's very painful for so many people. And yeah. I personally know or, or met a couple of people already when I was out um, uh, shopping and their family members sick or died of the virus. But it is interesting what's happening because I, as, as I heard you as well saying it, um, when it actually started the whole panic, I was like, as I said, said at home that I think we need to start just just getting a couple of things, what is really important, like very necessary, like dry yeah. food or canned food, because I think it's that people are gonna go mad. And, uh, and, and my girlfriend was like, oh, come on, just leave it. <laughs> and we both working in retail in, in a big supermarket. And I was like, just oh. every day, every day a couple of things, just let's get, now it's okay. And then people started <laughs> to go mad, Yep. And the problem is what actually happened, we were on holiday, but we, we plan not going anywhere. Like just stay at home with the 70 months old, what, 18 or yeah, that, she was 18 months old, you know, just we just doing our thing. And then I, we ne I never watch news. I just only watch for three weeks when yeah. it started, but I don't watch news at all. And then holiday and I go back to work for a week. So I was like, what the hell is happening, guys? Like, <laughs> what is going on? And then the toilet paper all gone, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but which I found funny in a way that everybody focused on that first. Yeah, yeah. Like, like why? <laughs> and I, I don't understand the whole uh, behavior behind it. Um, I'd say it's like a herd mentality and that people act like a herd a lot of times and so <laughs> when you get this narrative that gets pushed on the news every day that oh no we're going to run out of toilet paper then everybody goes out and buys toilet paper and they're freaking out and they're not we have a problem with critical thinking in today's world and they're not thinking about hey you know maybe I should get some real food maybe I should get healthy food even instead of box mac and cheese or something um, they're not thinking two steps three steps on down the road they're thinking, you know, well, what if I run out of toilet paper? That'd be horrible, which I guess it would be. But, but yeah, there's, there's a lot more serious things to think about, like um, survival and having food, I think would be more important. Um, but yeah, people don't focus on that. They just focus on whatever the mainstream narrative is that they're hearing all over the place and they freak out and they all act the same way at the same time. And yeah, it's, it's chaos. It's a mess. Yeah, it's like... And, and I was working there and I was like, things like what is not matter, that those food, they, they are like, 
empty and I'm walking through like through I don't know how many kilograms of potatoes through you know on the <laughs> shop floor and I was like why why on earth you are not like oh sorry my thing is gonna turn off um but why why on earth you don't think and I don't know sorry I use this a lot today already <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just I just don't see the point for for some uh, kind of behavior, to be honest. Like, but yeah. So what I wanted to say really is the interesting part. It is because I already knew that um, it's going to be a big change. Yeah. In, in in such a life as because how many people lost their jobs? I might not going to have a job, but or when I supposed to go back. Yeah. Because I, I'm not working in the, like I do work in a retail, but it, it's not like I'm working in a cafe, in a supermarket. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, yes, I I see what's happening. But for me, the, the, the last week we were like, what the hell are we doing? Because people not coming up, not coming to have the, like you know they they normal coffee and stuff. And I don't know if if we're gonna have really job or not i mean i don't know i really hope my team is not gonna listen to this now because <laughs> then they're going to be like uh they're like oh why are you not telling me anything but <laughs> but yeah. yes and i i really want to know where where this goes and not just because this id card uh, are you vaccinated or not which i don't want to i'm really against it no. <laughs> um but it's more like what this business kind point of view make it uh, like uh, just easier to to hear because for me I, you have to talk to me that simple <laughs> maybe yeah, because well, uh, <laughs> of English is not my first language but um, so there's a, some so, some words are like um, okay I never heard <laughs> this but yeah um, it's I, I want I want to look into this and because now I find you you are dead death in it um it made me think that i don't know nothing about <laughs> i don't have yeah, a b plan I, <laughs> yeah i was i was kind of the same way when i first started looking into a lot of the stuff i started on i realized that you know even though i went through school and i got a degree and i felt like i was smart and knowledgeable and made good grades like, I realized I didn't really know anything. I didn't really understand any of this stuff, and they don't teach it. And so, yeah, a lot of it's having to educate yourself then because, you know, you didn't get it going through school, most, most likely. And, yeah, things like this are unexpected. You're not planning for it. Um, it's kind of the fringe groups that have been focused on self-sufficiency and things like that. Um, and so now something like this hits, and um, I think a lot of people are realizing that, you know, hey, we, we should have been prepared for this. We should have a plan. We should have some food in store just in case anything were to happen. You never know what could happen. Um, things like that. And I think that's one of the positive things that will come out of this is that people will be uh, more prepared and more focused on their health and on being prepared for uh, the unforeseen that could happen at any time. Um, but yeah, some of the the social issues are really weird where... Uh, handshakes are probably not going to be 
as normal as they were hugs and just hanging out and talking to people and getting close with them. Um, that that's something that I'm afraid of that, you know, you'll be scared to even get within three feet of someone in line at the grocery store, uh, much less like meet a new person, you know, heaven forbid you, you meet someone new because, you know, you might give them a virus and, you know, it's horrible. Or if you, you know, happen to cough or sneeze and you're out in public, then everybody looks at you like, you know, you're spreading disease around. And it's just, I think there are a lot of dangerous effects that that has on just culture in general. And I'm really hoping that this is temporary and that those things go back to normal. But um, my, my rough theory right now, at least, is that things will start to go to normal, back to normal soon. And you had, um, I know in the States we had this, I don't know if you guys did, but there were some protests against the lockdowns and there were a lot of people kind of speaking out against it. And there were some protests where people got out in the streets and um, they were not happy uh, that the state was locking things down. And, uh, and it kind of felt like people were getting a little fed up. They were kind of done with it um, and they weren't gonna listen anymore. And that's kind of right when all these new protests started. It was right about that same time. But I think we're at the point where people will get tired of it and they will say, hey, things are dying down. I'm not seeing it a lot in my personal life and people I know. Uh, let's kind of get back to normal. We don't want to lose these aspects of you know, our culture and friendships and stuff. And I think that that will happen. People will get closer to normal, but a lot of the uh, preventative measures will probably still be in place, especially in businesses where you might have like uh, some lines in the floor where you have to wait in a line and you distance from people or um, uh, pushing for a cashless society where you're not passing out, you know, that dirty cash and spreading disease and all that kind of stuff. So I think all of these will be running in the background and they'll still be there, but people will start to kind of get back to normal. And then my prediction at least is flu season rolls around next year and it will because we have a flu season every year that's just the way things go and now we have a new virus that's going to be around with all the other flu strains and i think we're going to have i think we've been prepped to be ready for a second wave i think that narrative has been pushed mm -hmm. ever since this thing first hit it's been this talk of this you know dreaded second wave and either it will be horrible or it won't be horrible and i think regardless of what it really is I think that is going to really solidify a lot of the things that people were thinking were going to be temporary. And um, a lot of states and a lot of uh, certain types of people will be basically blaming uh, those crazy liberty people for this new spike. And it's like, yeah, you know, you, your beloved liberties and freedoms, you know, look what happened to society <laughs> when you, you actually expressed them and got out and interacted. And instead of following all these guidelines and staying apart and all this stuff. And I think a lot of people will fall for that and they'll feel bad. They'll be pressured. And uh, I think a lot of these more temporary measures might become more ingrained after that happens. And maybe governments will be pushing through some new bills, things related to like the cashless society thing is an easy one. Uh, people have been pushing for that for a long time. I, I don't mind today's that technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's a lot easier. You can, you know, scan your phone and pay for something instead of having to like dig out and find all these bills and change. And it is a lot more convenient. It's a lot easier and it does make a lot of sense. Um, and I think a lot of those types of things will happen. And um, I guess what I am worried of is that 
though the positive um, gains in efficiency and things like that that you get out of something like uh, going cashless, um, there are a lot of efficient aspects of that. It's a lot more effective, a lot more efficient, but I think a lot of those will get co-opted um, for more nefarious purposes. Um, for example, if you have a digital currency, a government or an organization, whoever's in charge of it, can track and trace every single purchase from every single citizen, every single transfer. You, know, you can't give your friend $10 without them knowing that you gave your friend $10. Mm -hmm. And um, people are worried about like their data being collected on Facebook or on Amazon or whatever. Well, this would be like all of those combined. It's everything that you spend money on and use your money for, which is you know, all kinds of things in life, all that data is collected in one place for every single person. And again, that in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but when you look at kind of the corrupt systems and the organizations and governments that um, would probably be in charge of this, and uh, a lot of times they do things that are corrupt and bad for people, and they would then have a lot more power and a lot more information and data to do whatever they wanted and push whatever agenda they wanted. And so that, that's kind of my issue is that on one hand, some of these things are good, like, like a vaccine, you know, prevent disease. That's great. I, I love that idea. But if you look at the history of vaccines and <laughs> some of the things in vaccines and they're rushing one through like in half the time, you know, probably less than half the time of normal without doing the tests and all this kind of stuff, that's probably bad. And the people in charge of it are, major eugenicists that have been talking about population control for decades <laughs> and they're the ones that are trying to save the population of the world um i don't trust that i don't <laughs> no well no so to go back there is uh, a one document film documentary film about this um collecting data and stuff that i think it's called the hack or hacked i I remember I was starting watching it, but I don't know if I actually finished it. That was a couple of months ago just. And it was about, about actually uh, Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg were already in, like, in front of the judge and stuff because he gave everybody's data out. And it was, it was about the CEO of Cambridge University or something like that, or analyti analytics. I, I haven't, as I said... Okay. I, I haven't really got into it, and that, so they they got the our dates, which I did not remember signing anything. <laughs> you know, but obviously when you read your terms and conditions, um, so I, they already they already having these things, and even even if if uh, I ha I'm using Android phone, so obviously I'm Google, but if I'm searching anything, obviously that I'm going to Facebook or Instagram or any social media, I get popped up already advertising the things I just searched or even my partner searching. And yeah. I was like, I was like, why, why are these other words coming up? <laughs> because I, I wasn't even, but then I remember that she was looking for something there. And, and so they already collecting these kind of data, but I guess we are going more, more in, like more in, in depth in what we are doing or how we are doing it. And I, I even, even the banks we are, we are with, who are with, they already, already looking what we are doing. Like, yeah, more uh, everything you can see. Like, I really don't like to even download any, 
any apps on my phone because it already comes up to allow, allow this, the contacts, the text messages or phone yeah. calls, listening to it. And like trying to always, uh, you know, deny it, but then... <laughs> then so you can't they, use the app. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so some, a few times they were like, even if the phone calls were on it and text, I was like, okay, then you go because no. But then we using the uh, Zoom, I'm pretty yeah. sure they have already all data as what we do. And even they can, <laughs> they can access to this uh, recording. So I, I think in our world or what where we are going now, you know, in the future, we're not going to have private. We don't have privacy now at all anyway. No, not really. So at we just have to think they do. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to like, you know, we just have to So have to get used to it because or fight against it but then what's gonna happen so um i guess we can't really do much about it but at least i want to know don't yeah. do it behind my back because i understand this whole technology and what's coming what we don't even know about yes like this is what you get if you want to use it and you have to use it because now as a I keep saying it. If this lockdown happens 20 years ago, yeah, I would be just 15, but and I, I would be happy kid and playing outside <laughs> in the garden or whatever. But if I'm, I'm in the same age as now by 20 years ago, I don't know what would I do other than reading my books. But I don't know how many books I would have at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yep. we wouldn't be able to do this, which is obviously let's take advantage of the technology what we have. Uh, we have to pay for that yeah. now a lot. Yeah, and that's where I've been interested in like um, blockchain technology. Have you looked into blockchain or cryptocurrency at all? Bitcoin, no, that kind of thing? Um, I tried before, but I just, I don't <laughs> think my brain can consume that. Uh, okay. I mean, people try to talk to me about Bitcoin and stuff, and I was like, I'm sorry, I just don't get it. But... <laughs> It always takes one person to be able to translate to somebody yeah. else what it is about. So go ahead and let's see if well, I actually... <laughs> the the biggest thing about it is that it's not centralized. So instead of having one bank or one government control a currency and have all that information, all that data, instead of that, you have thousands or millions of people all around the world that are using their own computers to process transactions and uh, basically work the network behind the scenes. And so it's not all concentrated in one place. And then depending on the cryptocurrency, there's a lot of them that have privacy encryptions where your data is completely private and no one knows that it's you that sent this amount of money to so-and-so. Um, a lot of them don't even know who you are or who so-and-so is or how much money it was. Um, hmm. So they've got technology where you can verifiably send money, so to say, to somebody, um, but it can be done with complete privacy and also be done in a way that you can completely trust that um, that transaction occurred the way it was supposed to. And so there are groups that are applying this to things like um, chats and text messages and uh, publishing videos and having a browser, things like this, 
where you can apply a lot of these principles of decentralization and having more control over your information and your data, more privacy, and really there is nothing that a centralized source can do to stop that. Um, even if a government cracked down and said Bitcoin's illegal, they can't shut down the network. It's still going to exist all around the world and there's nothing they can do about that. And so it can't be hacked, it can't be altered, and you know going into it what the rules are for that currency. It's not like, like right now, the U.S. has recently, uh, I don't know, printed off trillions of dollars for support for the pandemic and for big corporations and things like that. And so all of a sudden, we had, you know, so much money that was in circulation at one time, and then all of a sudden, there's trillions more that flooded in. And so anytime you have more of a given thing than you had before, it becomes less valuable because there's more of it. It's a lot more common. So it's not as valuable as it was before. Um, and that's a problem you have with money. That's where you get inflation from or one of the sources. And so if you have something like Bitcoin, where you cannot just arbitrarily create more Bitcoin, it's impossible. No one can just say, hey, we need a million more Bitcoin. Let's go ahead and make it. Uh, that's just not the way it works. You have to, uh, you do what they call mining, where, you know, as your computer processes transactions for the network and you're doing work to help the network run, you get reimbursed for that in Bitcoin. And so that's how new Bitcoin are created. And so it's, you have to do work. It's part of the system running. It's not something that, you know, a person or a group can just uh, decide to create. And there's other coins that do things different ways. Some have set inflation rates and they all have different rules um, based on how they believe a currency should operate. But the point is I can find out what that is before I start using that system or that currency. And I have control over my information to whatever degree I want. I can use one that's very low cost, but that's public. I can use one that's private. It might be a little more expensive to send a transaction or I can do one that's more mainstream like Bitcoin that's accepted a lot more places but I have control over that and all that data and the network itself, the system itself is not controlled by a centralized source. And so I like that idea. I think one of the big problems though, is that most of the big corporations are often subsidized by governments and governments want these corporations to exist and to gather data because even though Facebook has a lot of data and Amazon has a lot of data and so does Microsoft, they are at least contained and broken apart. Banks have a lot of data, but this bank might have you know, so much data and this bank has different data and this other bank has even different data. It's not just one source, but a government is one source. Mm -hmm. And um, like for us, the CIA, the NSA would be our intelligence um, operations and departments. And they can get that data all in one source. They can get it from these corporations, compile it all together on a given person or a given population. And all of a sudden, that is a lot of power to have. And I do not believe that it is wise to have that much power invested in one group or one person. That historically does not go well. And so um, I think the decentralized options are the way to go and they show a lot of promise but they are not getting supported by government contracts and by grants and stuff from governments and universities. And so they don't have that extra support. It's more of a, um, a kind of a ground level movement where people that are at the bottom 
um, so to say, are doing all the work. There are people writing the code for these different blockchain projects and not really getting paid much for it. Um, they believe in the ideology and they want it to succeed, so they are working on it. And it's really cool, and I like that. Um, but it's challenging because there's not as much funding for it. It's not mainstream. It will be fought by governments because obviously they don't want competition. And you also have um, the issue of usability. So like you don't really know much about blockchain. You don't know much about Bitcoin. Yep. And so if I you know, told you about this and you're like, oh, you know, that sounds great. We, we can use this other currency and we don't have to support a system we don't believe in. Uh, that sounds really good, but you don't know how to do that. And so, and that's the same with most people. Most people aren't aware of how that works and they might download a wallet and that's what you do. You have a digital wallet that stores, um, we'll use Bitcoin as the best example. It stores your Bitcoin and you have this private key is what it's called. It's like a password, a long password. And that's how you access your digital wallet. Only you have that password. Uh, so a government can't shut down your bank account. The bank cannot take your money. You have full control you also have full responsibility. And if you lose that password, you lose everything that was in that wallet. And uh, that can be a problem. And so um, there's yeah, issues like this. <laughs> okay, so you can't go to forgot my password option. Nope. <sighs> okay. But there, so there are, uh, I, there is a caveat to that. There are projects that are working on ways of doing things like that. So there are uh, companies that have online digital wallets that have features like that. And there are other sites that you can go to and you basically give your private key to the site and they encrypt it and keep it private. And then they have a way of verifying that it's you if you ever need access to that again. Um, so there are options there, but it kind of goes against the principle of having full control and ownership of your own money. Uh, because yeah. now all of a sudden someone else could potentially hack that company and get your passcode and take all your money, um, which they can do at a bank too. Um, banks are usually insured and you get that money back. Some of the exchanges um, that deal in cryptocurrencies are also insured and would and have um, given money back when they've been hacked before. Um, but mm -hmm. the advantage is if you are the only person that can access it, you cannot be hacked unless someone physically comes to your house and threatens you and you give them your passcode there's no other way for them to get it they have to get that private key mm -hmm. and if you store it in a lock deposit box at a bank then even if they come to you and threaten your life you still can't get it because you don't have it it's you know in the bank and so yeah. you have a lot more control um there to me it's a much better system but you have this issue of basically people being educated and how to use it and how it works and what the pros and cons are. Um, you, you need people that want to take a little more responsibility and that are willing to give up a little bit of convenience in exchange for a lot more control and a lot more privacy. Um, and that's one of my biggest complaints with society today is that we live in an age where people want convenience and entertainment. And if it is not convenient or entertaining, they do not want to have anything to do with it, uh, no matter how good it is or, you know, the benefits they would receive. And so that's why you have people that are, you know, eating fast food every single day and they're 400 pounds and they're on 20 medications and they're going to die when they're 30 because it's just not worth it to them to do anything different. They, they like it. It tastes good and it's easy and that kind yeah. of stuff. And 
people do that kind of thing to their own detriment. And so that's a problem. And it really prohibits a lot of these types of movements from gaining traction and actually going somewhere because people aren't really interested in learning or educating themselves or um, going out of their way to do something. Um, and, and that's what you need if you're going to have any of these things succeed. So it's hard. Like I, um, today and the past few days, I've been listening to a podcast with some lectures and an audiobook about the American Revolution and the colonial era. And it's been really interesting because a lot of those ideologies that came out of England and out of the States were, I guess, before they were the States, um, but a lot of those ideas and ideologies were things that were going around. Uh, uh, that's all right. It was so silly. I wasn't keeping an eye on my phone. And <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have a proper internet on, on Wednesday, so I'm using my, my phone. And I was like, Jesus, why did you froze? <laughs> I was like, yeah. what's happened? And I was like, oh my God, that was, was really silly. Uh, <laughs> well, I do have another roughly 45 minutes is kind okay. of my hard stop. So we've still got plenty of time. Well, it's, it's up to you. It's up to you how long you want to take it, obviously. Um, I, I had a coffee just before 10, 10 p.m. So... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but now I, I, I can sleep like this, so it's not a problem at all. I'm really yep. sorry. It was a really, I was like, oh my God, that was really stupid. I really don't like to use that word, but it was. It's still combating well, together. <laughs> okay, so it did save that half of the conversation at least? Uh, no, it's still 28%, but okay, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's converting the recording, which is like, oh my God, I hope you did not lose it. <laughs> I was like, please. Yeah. Well, I had that happen one time. I was doing an interview and we were like 45 minutes into it and then it was on Discord and it just dropped it and we couldn't figure out why, but it just stopped and didn't save it or anything. We had to totally redo the whole thing. It was a pain. Yeah, I can imagine. I was like, oh my God, my heart. I started to sweat and everything. <laughs> I was like, no. I mean, I'm having a good time and learn a lot, learning a lot, but like at least, at least just have the recording. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. You were, you were middle of your thoughts, actually. I don't know if you remember what you were talking about. So just let's, let's I know where I was going. I don't know where I left off. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Just, well, just continue where you were, you meant to go. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, in today's society, uh, people are really focused on entertainment and convenience. And if they don't have that, they don't want to have anything to do with whatever it is. And the problem is that if there's going to be a movement of any kind, if it's going to be a movement that's towards true environmentalism and taking care of the planet or towards um, increasing privacy and controlling your own data or self-sufficiency or whatever the movement might be, you have to have people on board with a common ideology and that are willing to sacrifice some amount of entertainment and convenience in exchange for joining and um, educating themselves and living out whatever that movement is. And that's one of the big problems I see today. Um, one of the uh, things that gives me hope is that 
I've recently been doing a lot of research related to the American Revolution and the colonial era. And one aspect of that that I was listening about today is Thomas Paine, who was the famous author at the time. He wrote Common Sense, which was a pamphlet that talked a lot about how there should not be a king and people should not be ruled and a lot of these concepts related to more political theory, political philosophy, that kind of stuff. Um, but it was a fairly short pamphlet and it circulated. Uh, I actually recently just did a, uh, a, ran the numbers on calculating what it would be today. And it was the equivalent of if an author in the United States sold over 12 million copies. And so that was the circulation of this pamphlet, Common Sense, in the colonies at the time, if you do the ratio of their current population at the time. And so the point is that it wasn't just the intellectual elite that were getting on board with this ideology and getting on board with this movement. It was, it was the masses. It was just the normal people. And people were interested in this, and they were reading it and discussing it and acting on it. And this is something that has happened historically, it could happen again today. And that's what I'm hoping for is that, that maybe events like this kind of spark people to, um, I guess, kind of point out some of the things that they should be working on. Uh, I know for me personally, uh, me and my wife had talked about uh, building up a stash of food already. We had talked about this like a year ago where um, the idea that I had heard from someone else was that when you go to the grocery store, and you buy something that's a non-perishable good that doesn't go bad, buy two of them or three of them. And you keep the one that you use, and then the others are your extra stores. And you, you know, keep them in your pantry or wherever it is you have extra room. But the point is that you're going to be getting things that you actually use, and you're going to be building up a stash. And that way, if anything were to happen, and it could be something like this, where, where a pandemic you know, goes around, or maybe there's a major power outage, or maybe you lose your job and you're having a hard time making ends meet. Well, you have all this food stored up already and you're prepared. And so you're not as reliant on that income or on electricity or on the stores being stocked or whatever it may be. And that's something that, um, that I realized uh, I had not done. We had talked about it. We thought about doing it but we hadn't. And uh, we were kind of caught a little off guard, like I think everybody when this hit. Mm -hmm. And um, luckily I kind of went out and stocked up when it first hit and that was before everything was sold out. And so that was really nice. I kind of got everything I needed, uh, didn't have any problems and we were all good. Um, but it did point out that thing that we were neglecting of having some stuff in storage and being prepared. And I I'm hoping that these events and things that are going on now will kind of um, help people to realize that, hey, you know, this thing is something that I wasn't really aware of, or this is something that we should have prepared for and now we're going to implement, or, you know, this is something I need to educate myself on, whatever the case may be. Um, hopefully, people will um, kind of spark interest in these different things that, um, that they might not have been motivated to do on their own. Uh, without having some sort of outside motivation, like a massive pandemic worldwide. And, uh, and so hopefully we can see some of these movements really gaining steam, uh, people getting behind them and incorporating some of these, uh, what I would consider positive ideologies into their lives. And that's what I'm hoping for. I, I definitely don't see that in the common masses in general. 
Um, I, I see convenience and entertainment being prized above all else. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that it couldn't possibly play out that way. You know, people could change and this could spark an interest in those types of things. Or you could even just have a remnant of people, a very small amount of people that, um, that get uh, more focused on these things. People that were kind of on the fence and that had thought about these ideas, uh, like me with storing up food. I thought about that. We talked about it. Um, and I was, you know, so to say on the fence, I wasn't sure if we'd do it or not. Well, now we're definitely going to do it. And so even if it's just a small amount of people, if they're dedicated and they really try to do these things to maybe buy things that are made by local people and support local shops, or maybe it's make some stuff yourself and on your own, or maybe it's educating yourself on something that you realize you didn't really know much about or didn't understand very well, but it's fairly important. Um, whatever it may be, all it really takes is a small percentage of the population to really get on board and get behind something for it to actually gain steam and to go somewhere. And so that, that could be one of the positive reactions to this pandemic, whether it be now or after the second wave or you know, however things play out. But th that's what I'm hoping for is that it kind of sparks some of these uh, positive ideologies to really take hold and to take off and um, things that would not have otherwise, maybe it'll be that, that push that really gets them going. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, like I say, every little adds up. If it's yes. if it's just a, a couple of people, like you know, small amount, like you know, your your family and close friends starting to talk about it, but those friends, other friends, what you're not friends with, and it's just slowly, slowly adds up. But and you said like it's it's even me as well, like. Oh, you know, you're too lazy to to get into something because it takes work for one yeah. end. And obviously it's much more easier to just, you know, nodding and go <laughs> after. That's why the big, big uh, corporations and the government likes people like that. I yes. mean, I am... Um, I just talk to my sister. I don't, obviously I'm not living in Hungary and I don't want to know anything about, about what's happening, but it's just getting worse and worse. Uh, the yeah. political, like what is, what is that? I just, I just don't want to hear it because it's just, it's just awful, like way worse. And like that's supposed to be democracy as well, but it's like <laughs> getting there is a dictatorship already for a while yeah. now and and how say it not be mean and cruel but people are stupid <laughs> i'm sorry like we are we are stupid and and the other hand like the other problem is like people like me want to know something like want to get more truth behind everything but i think the problem is I'm going to the wrong source. So that is all, all the two, two end, the governments or what we should, the media and other things, or I go to the other side of it, where is just everything theory. And I think we need, we need the people like you or, or your podcast or because you go behind that theory, you, you checking, as much as you can like 
what whatever you can find in one certain topic or, or area or subject or whatever we call it you go really back to the history as as far as you can to see it is it is true or not and then everybody can decide but actually you provide the information that yes your own opinion but then we can decide do we want to go with this opinion or not and definitely we i mean i think there's so many people are changing around uh, me and or i can see the people i'm talking that everybody's like we everybody's hoping that we are going to create something different a new normal yeah. around what we can is it, it's all about like you know how the mindset as well but uh, i'm going to I'm, when when i'm going to back to work or when i go to shop as well i'm trying to get something a little bit more now we we can uh, i don't think there are already rules how many how many stuff you can buy but before you could only just get one milk and one pasta for example uh yeah. because they stopped uh, let you take anything else and I think that already there's no such rules, but um, I really hope uh, people are changing at least a little bit. Uh, like most of us, let, let's hope that like not just everybody is a sheep. You know, we are not behaving sheep anymore. Um, and, 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 and maybe, maybe there is going to be something else in yeah. our behavior. Yeah. I think the key is critical thinking and thinking logically and rationally instead of emotionally. Um, that's something that is very important because you can get riled up if you hear one side and they're going off about, you know, how horrible something is or how big of a deal something is. And you can get caught up in that and it might be a legitimate thing. But if you get really caught up in it and then just go for it without thinking about it and researching it or, um, yeah, even just pausing for a minute to see what you think about it, then you can get caught up in something that may not be true, or maybe it's leaving out a very important aspect, or maybe it's um, in the end supporting a goal that you don't want to support. Um, again, people can get led by sheep, and a lot of that is through the media and through social media and just ways of getting people to react automatically where it's just like stimulus response. Something happens and someone acts and that's it. Um, but you have to insert the critical thinking in between those steps where something happens, then you think about it and then you respond. And to me, at least definitely in the public school system in America, critical thinking is not taught much at all. <laughs> it's more how to memorize something and how to follow the rules and how to do what the teacher says. You're, you're supposed to do this problem this certain way and you're supposed to write your name in this exact place and you're supposed to have all of this information and this is the source that you use and you know, don't question any of it. You, know, you can't question your teacher. You can't question a textbook. You're supposed to just, you know, they're the experts and of mm. course they're gonna be right. And so when you grow up, you know, it shouldn't be very surprising that people trust the experts and they're told something, they see it on the news, oh, it must be true. Um, and yeah, yeah that they, they weren't really taught to think. And so that's something that we have to figure out on our own as we get older. And uh, it's hard because you're caught up in your job and your family and your friends and the entertainment. Entertainment isn't all bad. Um, 
you know, we need to take some time to just relax and to hang out and consuming entertainment can be a positive thing in small doses. Um, and so it, it's hard to really try to learn, you know, I guess how to think and how to educate yourself and how to research things. Um, when you weren't taught that and that's not how you lived your whole childhood usually. Um, and so it's kind of new. And then like the problem that you mentioned is a big problem where you've got all these different sources and we have access to more information than ever today with hmm. the internet. Uh, but you can, you usually see the two extremes. It's either, um, you know, crazy conspiracy theories, not backed up by anything and they're way out there, or it's the official mainstream story and the mainstream narrative. And neither one are completely true, but they both have some truth behind them usually. And so you basically have to, at least what I've had to do is look at both sides and then kind of figure out um, uh, what's true and what's factual and what's most likely by kind of comparing the multiple different angles. And, uh, and yeah, it's hard because it's hard to find um, content that's not emotional and that's not one-sided and that's not extremely biased and um I, yeah i do try to provide that on my podcast but i have my own biases and there, there are <laughs> things that i believe and there are ideas and ideologies that i get behind that you, know, you might not or someone else might not um but hopefully you could listen to me and listen to some other people um, that also present things in a similar fashion but might have different opinions and then, you know, then you could come up with your own opinion on things. Um, but, but besides just having trouble finding sources, uh, it's hard to find the time. And that's another issue. I mean, most of us don't have, you know, five hours a day to dedicate to this. And, you know, even finding one hour a day is hard. Like, you know, I listen in the car. Yeah, I listen in the car sometimes. But, you know, if I'm driving around with my wife or with the kids in the car, you know, they're probably not very interested in uh, listening to something about the American Revolution or, you know, some random audio book that, you know, they now only listen to half a chapter of. Like, you, know, you can't really do that. And so, like, yeah, it, it's hard to find the time. It's hard to dedicate that time. It's hard to give up some aspect of, you know, entertainment or something else you would have done. Um, yeah, it's just hard. Like, all of this is hard, but it's very important at the same time. And so, uh, like anything else, we have to find our own balance, and that's different for everybody. And I, I think that most people probably would and should probably focus on a certain area, something that they really believe in or they feel strongly about or they really want to educate themselves on and uh, dig into one area, something that is doable, something that's not too overwhelming, where you can kind of... Uh, learn about something slowly from different sources, and um, that's much more realistic, uh, whereas maybe taking the approach of, oh, well, you know, I don't know much about American history, and I don't know much about European history, and I don't know much about theology and the Reformation, and I also don't know much about uh, blockchain and new technologies and big data, and I mean, that's just too much. You can't do that. Um, but maybe if you're interested in the Reformation, then yeah, Find out some stuff about the Reformation. Figure out what was happening. What were the ideas going on? What's the actual history there? Who was, who are the players and that kind of stuff. And you can do that. Um, and so, you know, I would, I would probably actually suggest doing something a little more relevant to everyday life, but, um, <laughs> but whatever it is you're interested in, maybe you're a history buff and that's what you're into. So go for it. Um, 
but yeah, that's what I, I like to try to promote is learning and thinking. And those are mm -hmm. things that unfortunately most people think that that's what you do in school. And then once you're out of school, you don't do those things anymore. It's not cool, <laughs> not worth your time. Um, but in reality, you don't really do those things in school. Yeah, you learned some stuff. Yeah, you thought about some stuff, but you didn't really learn a lot of things that yeah. actually matter. And a lot of stuff got left out. And the way you were taught to think and the way you thought about it was probably all wrong and <laughs> was not related to problem solving and critical thinking and things you can apply in your life. And so no, you did not think and no, you did not learn from that perspective in school. And then you get out of school and you think you still shouldn't think or learn. And that's mm. how you have masses of sheep like being led around uh, by whatever narratives are going around. And uh, that's the, that's what needs to break. That's the pattern that needs to break. And, and I think that's what I'm really hoping that the amount of information that's out there and podcasts like this one we're on now, like mine that I do, there's plenty of them out there where people are actually uh, discussing things and there's information, there's access to all this information and a lot of it's free. And so mm. hopefully with this access, people will start getting into it. Then you have events like this where maybe people are waking up because you had this massive pandemic around the world or Maybe it's um, seeing a black man murdered by a cop in the middle of the street. Uh, maybe that wakes them up. Or maybe it's seeing your government um, declare martial law in a big city. You know, whatever it is, hopefully people will wake up to whatever it is that prods them to wake up. And then they get into these things and actually start learning and applying things. And that, that's the positive side that I'm really hoping for. And that's what I believe in. And so I try to support that. And I do what I feel is my part and that I can do for it. Um, but yeah, ultimately it's, you know, what, what will people decide to do with their time and with their energy and their efforts and their thoughts? I don't know. And mm -hmm. it, it will be interesting to see how things play out. Will, will governments and corporations get away with this stuff forever? Uh, will there be a new you know, revolutionary moment that goes through the world? I mean, I don't know. Any of this is possible. And so it's interesting to see how things are playing out and to see how people react to this stuff. And you can definitely see that herd mentality of, um, yeah, being sheep and being led a certain way. But you also see a lot of, like I listen to a lot of alternative media and that's where I get my news and stuff from. And there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of good content out there for free. And so those things are also gaining steam. And yeah, I, I'm curious to see how this will play out because I know that the alternative side is going to keep producing stuff and keep getting further. Technology is going to improve. Access is going to improve. I also know that corporations and governments and institutions will try to take more power. They do want control. They do want to steer the human race as a whole oftentimes. And so there's an inherent battle there. There, there Those are two opposite things. And so how those play out and who ultimately it gets more power and gets to retain their freedoms and how, how that will play out worldwide, uh, I think is very interesting just in general, but with this pandemic and with these massive things going on worldwide right now, at this point in time that we are in currently, I feel like a lot of that stuff is happening and we're seeing the beginnings of all this. And so, yeah, we're kind of at the ground level history in the making and if if we're aware of it and we're aware of these different things going on, then we notice them and we can 
study them and um, kind of uh, figure out what's really going on and understand things better. And so um, that's the interesting part to me is that I am aware of certain aspects. And uh, since I've been researching this type of thing, they really stand out to me. And so when I hear a certain bit of information, even if it's only a tiny piece from the mainstream news, um, I hear a name or I hear a corporation that's involved or a bill that's being passed. And, and I actually can make all these different connections because I've done the research on stuff. And, um, and I can kind of figure out the true story, even though it might be just total propaganda piece. And that's really cool. Like, I enjoy that. That's really neat. And, um, and I can do that because I've taken some time to research and learn about stuff. And, and it works well that way. And that's how, that's how I try to not be a sheep. Um, and so we all have different ways of doing that. And it's just hopefully, hopefully these events will kind of wake people up and get them to uh, not be sheep and kind of be their own person. And it, it doesn't mean you have to be an academic. It just means that, you know, take freedom and liberties and uh, ideologies seriously and what you really believe in and actually think about it and live it out. And that's something that I think anyone can get behind. And hopefully more people are getting behind that now. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I keep coming, like, these flashbacks at the beginning of uh, lock, lockdown and uh, the, all the social media things I've seen. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, they, I mean, obviously sharing it, or sometimes I do as well, uh, Oh, my beliefs and stuff and I can be judgy uh, towards, towards people who are not really sharing the same uh, you know beliefs what I, I have yep. but what is the difference like it's a different topic and I don't want to bring it up uh, but um, the, the problem is with people who actually think that we all sheep and we are just being led by the government fine but the what i see different between them and you as i said already or i think a few times that you are well you are teaching i think i think this is the right word because they scare and they're just giving out some piece of information the the most scary words like 5G, I will bring it up again. <laughs> that that is that 5G is a virus. There is no no uh, uh, biologic or anything like it's nothing to do with it. It's it's just uh, a wave for radioactive or whatever thing is. <laughs> There's nothing to do with any virus. It's 5G makes you sick, and of course. It scared me as well. Like I have, I have a new phone, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, <laughs> and that's a problem. Not sharing yeah. actual information. Yeah, bring it up. That's as you also mentioned, nine eleven. There was no uh, the second the second uh, tower had no um, plane, and still went down. <laughs> um, or was no play whatsoever anywhere. But you know what I mean? Like, but you can, if you do your research, you can see there was at least one plane or I don't know how, but second, how was it? I mean, I don't know too much about it either, but it's not because, well, 
I just not uh, as in not not interested, but it was a history for sure, because that again you said that was a well the lie. But I, I heard as well that was actually the American government did made it happen so they can go to fight for oil and stuff like that. I don't know. I yep. didn't even went into it, but I think there is a big possibility that can happen. But yeah, that's that's a problem that who I seen so far sharing the that what's happening now it's a government or not a government I don't think they're doing it the right way because I think yes I'm not saying I'm any different than others but I know like for me it's like uh, I I can read something I think about it I'm not but I'm not going to panic it scares me maybe and I think about it a couple of days but if I am I know that if I am really really into it or want to know i know i'm going to hit google up and start a little bit more to look into it but i'm just choose not to but there are so many people out there who actually really really get scared as you say they react by the emotions and they can't think straight to either turn off the news because that's what i do i just turn it off and i that's why also i'm not going on facebook either much because it's more like sharing um articles like that and that's why i got as well upset a few days ago because i saw some silly murder back in hungary uh which it was really upsetting and i was like why i even went on facebook i, I i'm not doing it for two years almost at all i just only have it for my family for the group phone calls or messenger yeah. but that's it but that, that's why i have it kind of and and I'm not saying Instagram is much better because it started being very similar to that for yeah. me, getting more about this whole thing. But it's, I think it's, it's too much power as well on, on social media to people who actually don't know what they're sharing about. I may, I may one of these as well, one of those people who sometimes don't know the actual, actual information, but you just share it. You know what I mean? It's like, and I, I definitely, and I, I mean it to your podcast, you do focus on the American side. So yeah. it's not everything relevant, relevant to me as a European or, or because I'm living in UK, but the, it's, it's almost always like if it's, if it's, American is going to be global in a, in a sense. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It's like, it's still good to know. And I definitely, I'm going to keep going back and, and check what, what else you got to say, because the, your style is definitely really educational. And even, even uh, your, your bio, when I was reading, I was like, oh my God, I don't even want to talk to him because uh, <laughs> I, I will be like, like just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About kind of, yes, because I have no clue about a lot of things. But that's, that's the whole point of, of uh, I know you do interviews and talk to people who are very, is in a similar circle to yours. But I think it's a very good, Thing that you're talking to me now because my circle does not <laughs> I, I don't know actually who is listening to my podcast um, but <laughs> I as 
I started Generation Q because of COVID, but it's yep. it's in a similar not 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 the similar um, approach whatsoever like yours about this at least uh, the three episodes you you did. Um, but I think uh, even if I'm a little bit nervous to listen to you because of your knowledge you have and I don't have at <laughs> not nothing not not close to yours. But it's good because it means that um, I'm learning and whoever going to listen to this, they learn to, even if it's just five minutes they listen, they're going to have a bit of a, a voice there. And maybe, maybe it starts something to more people just a little bit. And even, even if they like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, end this po- uh, podcast, but they're going to go and check you out. That's even better. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's that's a whole point to 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 start start a movement. With with that book as well, what you mentioned, I wanna check out everything <laughs> or just 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 a small conversation between two friends, it starts something. Just yeah. we have to we have to stop being like this. We we have to stop it and yeah, I've done, so in season two of my podcast, I'm doing a comparison between the time of the Reformation and modern times and all the shifts that are going on and stuff. And part of that is the the technology of the printing press and things being mass produced. And you saw a lot of the same worries that existed at the time, as we've even talked about here, where people were worried that Um, a lot of information would be out there and it'd be like information overload and people couldn't process it because there would just be too much. Um, Some people were worried about whether um, people that were writing things were qualified to write them. And if it was just going to be basically like trash literature and all the classics are going to be forgotten about. And uh, people were worried about a lot of this stuff. But, But in reality, we can look back now and see that the printing press, one of the biggest impacts it had was spreading the Reformation. And the Reformation was a movement based on ideology and based on um, something a little more academic. It was more um, about thoughts and ways of thinking and ways of processing things. It wasn't, it wasn't just about um, politics or economics or anything else. It was, it was theology. It was an intellectual movement. Um, but the printing press did spread that and people were talking about ideas. They were looking from different perspectives and you had authors that were saying that, you know, the church is corrupt and don't listen to them. And some were saying, oh, we need to start this other church and then we can have all the power and we're going to do things the right way. And then other people were saying, oh, you know, don't do a church at all. Just, you know, do your own thing. And people had a lot of different opinions. Um, but it was a movement that really gained traction and made a big difference in the world. That's one of the the big points in history, especially European history, um, but I'd say history of the modern world, really, because um, the influence of Christianity and thoughts of the Reformation really led to uh, the American Revolution, um, the French Revolution, things like this were highly influenced by that type of thought. And so I like the idea that an intellectual movement that changed the world really happened and um, it mainly was moved by this technology of the printing press and we have a similar thing today with the technology of the internet and 
there is a decent chance, as I've been playing out a lot of different parallels, a lot of the stuff that happened then are very similar to the things that are happening now. A lot of the same shifts. Um, it's different players. You've got uh, the state, for example, takes the place of the church at that point in time. Um, but a lot of them are playing out. So we could see something like that, where some of these movements really start to gain traction now, now that we have the technology, now that we have some disruptions that have happened in society. And you've seen some of this stuff in the background, same with the Reformation. There were people talking about this uh, decades before Martin Luther, and it finally gained steam at a specific point in time when the technology was ready for it, and when just society and culture seemed to be ready for it, and it hit, and it it changed everything. And so, yeah, we, we might be able to have that with something like podcasting or, you know, something that we use the internet for. Um, there is a historical example of that happening and that working. And so it, it's not um, out of the question to think that that could happen today. And that's what I'm really hoping for. Um, so like the, the comparison between uh, the, the church historically and the state today is really interesting because it's not as much of a metaphor as I first thought. I was first thinking that the church had this role of, um, they directed a lot of politics in that time with all the different uh, areas in Europe. They made a lot of the decisions. They were kind of the overarching authority. They took care of welfare and education and you know all these types of things that the state takes care of today. But the more you dig into how people relate to the state today, especially in comparison to the church, it becomes more and more clear that the state, I guess people's relationship with the state is a religion. It's you have these songs that you sing, you have these hand motions that you make, you have these certain rituals that are done. So you have the special priest class or the politicians, um, they do a certain ritual of writing a bill and voting on it. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, these new things. and. Um, hmm. it, it's stuff that applies to everybody universally. They tell you what's right and what's wrong, what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, it's like all the aspects are the same as a religion. It's based on faith. It's, it's not that there is like a thing called government. It's not that you can go, oh, well, show me the government. Um, let me see it. And um, I want to understand it. Like an alien comes down to earth and they're like, you know, what's, what's this government thing? What are you talking about? And you, know, you try to explain it to them. So, oh, so you have some people that rule over everybody else. So, well, no, no, it's not like that. See, we have the power. We have the control. You know, we are in charge of the government. It's like, oh, so you can tell the government what to do. Well, well, not really me, but, you know, we as the people, we can do it. Well, well, show me this this government so I can see, you know, who it is, what it is. Oh, well, you can't really see it. It's it, it's this thing. It's a system. You know, <laughs> you have to believe that, that <laughs> they have the power and the rights and they're going to do the right thing. And, you know, it's the people that really have power, but they make the laws and tell you what to do. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you, you, you get how that kind of breaks down. It's, it's hard. Um, but I love that metaphor. Yeah, a lot. Or, well, it's not. I, I, I will admit, it is not mine originally. I heard it from a guy named Larkin Rose. Doesn't and, matter. Uh, it works well. Okay, <laughs> I kind of compared a few metaphors there, but he's the main one. Um, but yeah, it's it's the idea of uh, how people think of the state and government and um, how society should be organized it is a religion in its current form. And so that gives me even more hope that, um, that these parallels with the time of the Reformation and breaking that up, that becoming more decentralized and 
people having different ideas and listening to different ideas and thinking about different ways of doing things. And, you know, it actually worked out fairly well at that point in time. Maybe we'll have the same thing now and things will work out well in our time. And that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, because a lot of this stuff, when you really dig into it, um, it's like, like conspiracy, like 9-11, like you said, um, that's one where you, when you really dig into it, no, you cannot definitively prove that the U.S. government was behind 9-11, and they might not have been. They might have been. I don't know. But you can clearly see when you dig into it that the official story and the official narrative is wrong. It's false. It's not true. Um, and so it's the same with all of these things. Like if you really dig into how people view the state and government and how government uh, treats the people, um, it doesn't matter what country you're in, when you really dig into that, like I said, it's like a religion. It's, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it logically. It's like, you know, well, the reason you have a government is because people can't be trusted and they're going to do bad things. And so it's like, oh, so you take a few of those people that you can't trust and that do bad things and put them in charge of everybody else? Uh, that's going to go well? It's like, no, that, that's very naive. That's not going to work. And I think historically you can see that doesn't work. But on the other hand, most people think, well, what's the alternative? Oh, chaos and anarchy in the streets. And it's like, well, no, it's, a, it, it's, it's like the extremes we've talked about and everything else. That's one extreme and the other. And reality is somewhere in between that, you know, there are ways of organizing society differently, especially with technology we have today. And people can take more control over their lives and over society and their impact in society. And uh, there's a lot to to think about. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot of ideas that should be debated. And these should be the conversations in our modern digital reformation is talking about these things and really working it out. And even the common people, like I mentioned, Thomas Paine, when he published Common Sense, how that was going around to just common people. Like we're starting to see common people consume podcasts and uh, really get into it. And so um, hopefully, that is not all steered towards comedy and true crime podcasts that really don't mm -hmm. affect you whatsoever. They're entertainment. Um, again, there's nothing wrong with entertainment, but um, hopefully also people are using them to keep up with current events or to educate themselves on something or to expose themselves to a different perspective that they might not be aware of, that kind of stuff. And I think that's very beneficial. And especially if that goes mainstream and a lot of people start doing that, then we can see some really big shifts in society for the better. And that's something that I do see playing out and whether or not it really takes hold and plays out the way we would want it to or not, I, I really don't know. I mean, obviously we can't tell the future, but, but we can see that there is potential for that. And so, yeah, that's what I think I try to do. I try to do what I think I'm good at in helping those types of ideas and then hopefully other people do what they think they're good at in doing that and living that out in their lives. And we can actually see some real change. Um, and hopefully that's not co-opted by other things. We mentioned distractions and, you know, instead of abuse of power, you focus on racism. Instead of um, pollution, you focus on, um, yeah, controlling all business and regulation or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, civil rights movements, the um, feminist movement, all of these different movements typically get co-opted and uh, you have people that have certain goals they want to push through and they use the movement to get that done. Um, I'm sure that will still happen. It always happens. But, but still, you can have some big change. And 
that's what um, I see potential for and I'm really hoping takes hold. And I'm more and more encouraged, I guess, the more I look into it and the more I see people um, doing these types of things and living it out and learning. And um, yeah, it's, it's very encouraging and hopefully that continues to take off. Well, I think, you know, I just amen to that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I can say because I mean, uh, seriously, the, the amount of information you have is mind blowing. And I just, I just keep like, I, I can't believe how everything you, how you can talk about without any pressure or anything, all, all this kind of stuff. And I know you could still go and on and on and on. And this is beautiful. Like I'm so, I'm, I'm like, you know, like, wow. And I love it. And thank yes, you. Not, no, no, seriously. Um, as I said, it's not everything is, I am always open-minded for anything. I am, you, you can talk to me about everything and I can like, okay. Especially even if it's, I have different opinion about it, but I'm always, I'm always that person that you can talk your side, your opinion, you can share. And I may going to still disagree, but at least I am open to see what you think of the same subject. And I think yeah. we all should be like this to be able to talk. And I'm not saying because I'm disagree or anything with you right now, <laughs> but it can ha it it can happen always, but we have to be respectful with each other, and this must be must be this this is i i think i think the key well yeah. don't lie don't lie and respect each other <laughs> these, these two yes. like the, and 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 then the changes definitely can can be applied or anything but and disagreement is very helpful as long as you can be respectful and you can consider other perspectives and you're open to things, then disagreement is very beneficial. You debate topics and it helps you to understand them and see different perspectives and that's really good. And so that is a battle that's happening now where a lot of people can't debate. They just argue and get mad and run away. And it's easy to do online because you see something you don't like, you just click it away and you're gone. Um, or you just type, you know, a little one sentence remark about something and, you know, make fun of it and then you go away. Um, but actually, you know, having discussions and debates and these types of things are very good if they can be done in a good way and um, in a way that's actually beneficial and uh, promotes progress and promotes thinking. Uh, these are really good. Um, in general, I am actually at the point where I need to get off. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Well, it's past eleven already p.m. and I have to be up oh, wow. like okay. very, very early. But yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I could, I could still listen though. Even uh, I'm starting being a little bit tired. But um, it, I mean, it was awesome. I, yeah, I loved thank it. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, uh, as a, I, even even months later, I definitely need to go and, and check your podcast. But are you on just uh, the Podbean? Yeah. Um. So or I'm on Podbean. Else. Yeah, Podbean is who I do my hosting through. So that's like where the website is, and you can stream from there. Um, but it's also on Apple Podcasts and okay. Stitcher and all the main players. 
Um, so yeah, if, if you or anybody else wants to look it up, you just search for our foundations and you can find it. Um, and it's mm. pretty much on all of them now. Okay. No, I will. For me, I'm a, I'm a Spotify user. Uh, but okay. uh, I think a lot, lots of people are Apple podcast yes. user. So I think this two is the main. I mean, as far as I know. Um, but I was listening to you now on the website. But yeah yeah well thanks again for having me on i enjoyed Thank it you too. i like talking about all this kind of stuff it's i can see i'm really interested in it's it's really cool it's really cool you keep doing because uh, i i want to know about a couple of things so i need to i need to get into <laughs> your your podcast and then just search and browse and everything what i can see there and learn from yeah so you it's, keep doing your work it's interesting. it is <laughs> I, I want to see that pattern of uh, this, uh, what you just mentioned, uh, you know, the, your second season and all that thing. I want to, I want to yeah, dive into it. that's a good one. It. It's a little different because I did the first half where I brought on other people that were kind of experts in different aspects. And we kind of talked about how that parallel plays out a little bit. Um, and it kind of changed. The first one I did is the first interview I've ever done in my life. So um, <laughs> I feel it still turned out fairly well, but. Um, there are things that I did differently as I went on with the other interviews, but, but that's interesting because the interview format is not what I do in season one. Um, so it's a little different. Um, and I'm actually finishing up that aspect and getting back into the solo stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. It's as I've dug more into history, I've learned how relevant that actually is in understanding mm -hmm. modern times and like um, kind of noticing things that are happening. Uh, it's not just this dry stuff you learned in school. Like there's actually stuff that matters and applies. And so that's been very beneficial to me. And like, I have people I listen to that I feel a lot like you just said about me, where it's, I listen to somebody and they, they know about all these different things and how they connect and they just name off dates and names and they know it all. And yeah, I feel yeah a little intimidated by it, but, but yeah, I, I'm glad that it comes across that. Um, you know, I have learned a lot, so I do have a lot of knowledge and, um, hopefully that comes across in a good way where, yeah, I, I guess that I am credible and that I do know what I'm talking about and hopefully I am sticking. That's what I try to do is stick with the stuff that I feel like I have understood after I've done all this research and stuff. And I feel confident in these areas that I know and understand them fairly well. And so I, I'm still learning about lots of other things from all these other people that know things so much more than I do. And yeah, it's one of those things that just never ends. Like learning never ends, and that's a good thing. And yeah, yeah I try to continue. <laughs> yes, but again, just a few seconds before you go. But that's that's a good thing because you were listening to those people and you wanted to know more. And I was listening to you and I, I was talking to you and now I want to know more. Maybe not exactly the same topic what you are, you know, feel home, but what I am interested about, I feel like I actually, if I want to spread my, you know, my words, my voice, my, my thoughts, then I have to actually dig into a little bit more to be more, I don't know, like, you know, so this is, this is how it starts. The, the chain, the wave, like from one person to another. And, and that's the beauty in it. So yeah. thank well, you very thank much. You, for... you 
you did inspire me about doing my <laughs> my things a little bit more serious. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me be part of that wave of learning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You're going to hear from me as well, still, okay. uh, obviously, about when I, I, I did edit this a little bit. But thank you so okay. much. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I got my family just came home, That's so I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hi, guys. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later then. Yes, yes, we'll do. Bye. <laughs>